Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Say it again. Hallelujah. Good evening. Can you all hear me? Okay. Uh, pastors had a, a emergency, so tag I met. So pray for me. Anyways, tonight's uh, I got notified. I don't know, it's five thirty-ish. So here I am, and I think my uh, sermon is sermon is very apropos. It's three kinds of courage. One, to stand in front of you all and preaching the Word of God. <laughs> so we'll just open up in prayer real quick. Father God, we just come boldly before you, and we just thank you for all of your mercies. We thank you for your strength. We just thank you for your Word and for teaching through me. We thank you for our ears, which will be open to hear your Word and all your goodness, and we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... I only have a page and three quarters of notes. Try and get through this here. Anyways, three kinds of courage. So, what's courage? Um, looked it up, and it's defined as the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc., without fear, bravery, to act in accordance with one's beliefs, especially in spite of criticism. I agree with almost all of that. The quality of mind or spirit, etc., enables a person to face difficulty without fear. I don't agree with that. I would say that courage is doing the right thing even though you're scared spitless. And you go ahead and do it anyways. Um, case in point, when I was jumping out of airplanes for Uncle Sam, I was scared every time I jumped out the door at 2,500 feet or 3,000 feet or whatever so even if you're scared and you do what you know you're supposed to do that takes courage um, I think a lot of Christians around the world are being very courageous as they face persecution and criticism in other parts of the world because they are Christians they're taking a stand for Jesus and for the word of God, knowing that they will be hunted, uh, imprisoned, tortured, and possibly even killed. I think that takes great, great courage. So anyways, if you want to go to Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, I'll go ahead and read that. Be strong and courageous, for you will lead my people to possess all the land I swore to give their ancestors. 
verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Obey all the laws Moses gave you. Do not turn away from them, and you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of the law continually. Meditate it on it day and night, so you may be sure to obey all that is written in it. Only then will you succeed. In verse 9, I command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Years ago when I was reading this, it struck me that there's three different kinds of courage here. Verse 6, be strong and courageous for you will lead my people. That's physical courage or physical strength. Okay. God was, Moses brought up Joshua to be his successor and Joshua was the one that had to lead three million or six million people across the Jordan into the promised land. To lead that many people through the desert and across the river and into the promised land, not only does it take a bunch of courage and guts, but it takes a lot of physical strength and stamina to do that. Any leader will tell you that it it's very physically demanding to always be there mentally and physically for the people that you're leading to be healthy enough to take care of everybody and more or less bear their burdens so Joshua needed to be extremely physically strong to do all this and the strength and you know courage they go hand in hand so in verse 7, we go to the second type of courage. Be strong and very courageous. Obey all the laws Moses gave you. Do not turn away from them, and you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of the law. Continually meditate it on it. And that would speak of spiritual strength, spiritual courage. Um, and to get spiritual strength and spiritual courage couple different ways to do that really there's two study stay in the word and the other is pray you know as long as you stay in the word and stay close to God then you will garner the strength and the courage that you need through him everything comes through God it's we can't do anything on our own if this seems a little disjointed forgive me I'd much rather have everything perfect and orderly but <laughs> I just didn't have time to do it so verse 9 uh, I command you this is a command from God so he's commanding us to be always strong and um, and courageous so verse 9 I command you be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go and that one is mental strength mental courage when you're af afraid or discouraged it weakens you it you get your mind off of God you focus on other things and that's a, a form of a weapon from the enemy so we have to always be mentally aware of what's going on and mentally in tune with the Spirit of God and mentally in tune with the Word of God and that's how we going back to what I said earlier is 
we stay in the Word. We pray and we, we study. Okay, so kind of going back to the first strength in Joshua 1.6, that's the physical strength. Um, physical strength is important to do God's work. And in the Old Testament, there was a couple examples. Well, there's a lot of examples. One, obviously, is Samson. You know, if you think of somebody who is extremely strong in the Old Testament, he's probably one of the first people you think of because of all the stuff that he did, and he was supernaturally given strength by God. We won't get into why he lost it, but that's another story. And some of the other really great physically strong people in the Old Testament would be, da would be David's mighty men in 2 Samuel 23, 8 through 39. Nada, can I use um, Josiah's recent thing as an example? Nada had a prayer request for Josiah. I just want to bring this up before I forgot about it. He was in his barracks, if I'm not mistaken, with the rest of his crew, and an unfortunate thing happened, and a fire started in, in the uh, dryer. Everybody else left. They evacuated. Josiah stayed out. Was he the only one? Yeah. Okay, out of his entire crew, Josiah stayed and put out the fire. I'm proud of the guy. <laughs> I mean, if he's probably living in those old barracks from the Forest Service. If it's the kind of old camp I'm thinking of, they're built. I mean, the only th reason they're standing together is the termites are still holding hands. And they're old, dry. It's okay, Mary, you can laugh. <laughs> So, you know, one spark and those things can just go up and they're probably up in the mountains in, in the pine forest. Yeah, it took a lot of guts and courage for that, for Josiah to do that. He got some second degree burns, but, you know, he'll heal. But that's courage, you know, and good for him. You should be very proud as a mama. So anyway, David's mighty men. Um, there was the three, then there was the 30. And some of these guys did absolutely amazing feats. Uh, this one guy, Jashubim, the Hakamite, he, he used a spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. Okay, You don't hear stuff like that anymore. He was a mighty man of God. He studied under David. He saw how strong David was, and he emulated him, and he was able to do that. Um, Eliezer, son of Dodai, um, he and David once stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled. And that, that's what reminded me of what Josiah did. Okay. He killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword, and the Lord gave him a great victory. As long as you're doing what God wants you to do, he'll always give you the victory. And let's see, next in rank was Shammah, son of Aji. 
Um, Philistines gathered in a um, field full of lentils and attacked the Israelites. Again, the Israelite army fled. But this guy, Shammah, held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So again, the Lord brought about a great victory. Another guy doing what he was supposed to be doing. Okay, I'm sure he was probably scared. But he stood his ground. He knew that God was with him. Um, David was in a cave, and he wanted um, some water. And he made a comment about it. And there you're completely surrounded by the Philistines. And the three broke through the Philistine lines, got David a, a, some water, and fought their way back out and went and gave the water to David. But he, being a man of God, he refused to drink it. He instead poured it out as an offering. And then there's the 30 mighty men. Um, Abishai used his spear to kill 300 enemies in a single battle. Um, this guy, Beniah, he killed two of Moab's mightiest warriors, and another time he chased a lion down into a pit. Despite the snow and slippery ground, he caught the lion and killed it. I don't know if that's just foolishness or courage. I'm, I'm still up in the air on that one, but good for him. Maybe they were hungry, they needed food, and, and he killed the lion. You know? I wouldn't do that. Um, and he also killed a great Egyptian warrior who's armed with a spear. He took the spear out of the guy's hands and killed him with it. So, I mean, yeah, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of killing, which made men great, but still they were doing, they were following David, a man of God, and they were trusting God to give them the victory, and, and God followed through. In the New Testament, um, Paul was the first guy that came to mind. He was shipwrecked, he was beaten several times, and he was imprisoned. And God brought him through each and every time because he was a mighty man of God, Paul was. Um, he always stood by, stood on the faith, stood on what he knew, and he knew that God would bring him through. And, you know, God is faithful. So going down to spiritual strength. That would be number two under verse seven. Uh, be strong and very courageous. Obey all the laws of Moses, etc. Um, Deuteronomy 31, verses six and seven. If you read Joshua, there's a lot. He was just a very spiritually strong guy, and he was able to do an amazing amount of stuff for God just because he was brought up under Moses. He had a good leader to copy from, and he continued continued what he knew on. He just didn't go, okay, well, that's what he did. I'm going to do it my own way. So, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6 and 7. This is God again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God will go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor forsake you. That's a promise of God to Joshua. Joshua took it, he made it his own, and he was able to go ahead and, you know, like I said, lead Israel into the promised land. 
need spiritual strength to lead people. You get it by spending time with God. You need to study and pray. And then if we go to Joshua chapter 10. chapter or verse 7 so Joshua and the entire Israelite army left Gilgal and set out to rescue Gibeon do not be afraid of them the Lord said to Joshua for I will give you victory over them not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you first Joshua is hearing from God and second he followed through he trusted God's word and so they, Joshua and the army, his army traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. So there's the physical strength as well. They traveled all night. And in the morning they were able to defeat, and I think it's a superior military or army. But then again, you know, God threw them into a panic and the Israelites took care of the business. So we have to work together with God. It's not a one-way street it's it's a partnership and then in verse 12 it shows the partnership between God and Joshua some more on the day that the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel and that's when he asked God to send make the Sun stand still and the moon stand still over the valley of Agilon so there's a partnership between God and Joshua, but Joshua also prayed in front of the entire Israelite, um, the entire people of Israel. For a lot of people standing up and praying in front of a bunch of people, they can't do it. They're too scared. But he's, he knows who he is in God, and he was able to do it, and he had the strength and the courage to stand up and pray in front of all these people because he knew that God would follow through what he asked. Uh, spiritual strength in the New Testament, the only thing that really came to mind was Jesus praying in the garden. If you go to Luke 22, Jesus knew what he was facing. He knew he also had a way out. All he had to do was just ask God, and God would release him from his duty. But he also knew the um, consequences if he took the easy way out. None of us would be able to spend eternity with him. And he wanted to, he loved us so much that, yeah, he gave his own, he gave his life for us. And knowing a lot of people die by accident or old age they don't know when or how they're going to die Jesus knew and he knew how excruciating it was going to be but he had to pray and fight his way spiritually through that mentally so that he when the time came he would be strong enough to endure the cross for us 22 oops passed it up Luke 22 39. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, 
Pray that you will not be overcome by temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping, he asked. Get up and pray. Otherwise temptation will overpower you. So then, there again, you see the partnership between Jesus and his Father. He prayed. He got the strength that he needed. The angels came and gave him the strength. They gave him, um, strengthened him. And he prayed more fervently. So, sometimes the battles that we fight aren't the easy ones. And they are hard. And it takes, you know, sweating and agony and prayer to get through to the other side, but it's it's always worth it because God never fails us. And lastly, there's the mental strength. Second Timothy one seven. I think we all know that one. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear not, the words fear not, or a derivative, is found over 365 times in, in the Bible. That's at least one a day. So, no matter what you're facing any single day of the year, if you're scared, there's at least one fear not in the Bible for you on that day. <laughs> I just came up with that one. <laughs> Fear is one of the enemy's greatest weapons. It inca incapacitates a person and makes a person fail to act and do what is right. Have you ever heard the term frozen in fear? Has anybody ever been so scared they're just, you can't move? Well, because you're not saying, no, never mind. <laughs> I've seen people frozen in fear and it, they just don't act. There's nothing that they can do. They're, it's like their mind just implodes and they shut down. I mean, they're standing there, sitting there, they're awake, you know, they're blinking, they're breathing, but that's about it. And that's just another tool of the enemy to destroy somebody. Um, let's, you know, let's take for example you're driving a car and you see a semi weaving down the road and it's in your lane and a lot of people freak they freeze because they're scared well the devil just took you out because you're scared you know and kids in the back seat but as long as you remain in God remain in the word and you know that we're not supposed to fear not and we have the physical and mental and spiritual strength and courage, we'll know what to do to get out of each time that the enemy tries to um, incapacitate us. And that's what he wants to do. Just He wants to take us out. The first time that the words fear not was used was in Genesis 15.1. And in my little speed study for tonight, it, it said that, 
the words fear not were, are in almost every single book of the Bible. So, and the last time it's used was in Revelation 117. Let's see, all three types of courage are intertwined. You can't do great feats for God if you're not strong spiritually, physically, and mentally. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, I will strengthen you. 2 Thessalonians 3.13, do not be weary in well-doing. I had a reason I put that in there. I can't think of it. Oh, well. Uh, let's see. If you're tired, I think you would be in fear a lot easier than if you're not tired. If you're not taking care of yourself, not eating right, not sleeping right, you, you wear yourself down, I think you would be... I think where I was going with this is it would be a lot easier to become in fear. Um, you're not as strong as you should be, and you're leaving an open door for the enemy to come in and attack you and, and, and try to take you out. So as long as we don't fear, God will always strengthen us, and you should never be scared of doing what's right. Um, and for that, we always need the armor of God, which is in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. And the armor covers you from the top of your head to the bottoms of your feet. And if that's not enough, you still have the shield. And remember when Dan was doing the armor of God thing? The Roman shield was pretty much, you know, here high, and it covered pretty much their entire body. So no matter if you have that shield, you're covered. And then again, we also have the blood of Jesus which covers us even better. And Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow, that was almost 30 minutes. So, that's it. I'm done. Um, questions, comments? Termites? Did you catch a visual on that, Mary? That's what we used to say about the old Lompoc substation. It was so old, it was probably built in the same time that Josiah's barracks were built. The only reason that station is still standing is all the termites are there holding hands because there's no wood left to eat. <laughs> so, if you catch a visual, that's all right. All right, so we'll just go ahead and close in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for our hearts and our minds which go forth to soak up your word, to make us strong in every single way that you need us to be strong for you and for our fellow brothers and sisters and for the, this lost world. We thank you for the strength and courage to bring the lost into your kingdom. We thank you for protecting the pastors and bringing healing into their bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.